Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey, your host this week, and I'm joined by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Hi, Russell, how are you? I'm very well. I am. Have you uh, had a good week? I have. I'm looking forward to Christmas, although I haven't done any Christmas shopping. And I've just realised it's the 15th of December. Stuff <laughs> has disappeared. I thought I was quite organised because I've done I've done about half of it, and yeah, I was going to get. Actually, there's still quite a lot to do. There's everything. I haven't done anything. We we finally put <laughs> the tree up. Did you get you got your tree up last week, didn't you? Got the tree up. Yeah, the tree's up. I've kind of I've done lots of Zoom meetings for work with it slowly creeping into the slot because it's right in front. It doesn't fit basically, so it's in front of my dining table. So I have to sit at a bit of a weird angle. And um, you yeah, have yours? Well, it's all right. You have to water them. I never knew this. You you should water, and your Christmas yeah. tree can can drink up to a litre a day, depending on how hot your house is, I suppose. But I didn't know. Firstly, that, that's a little fact that I bet people weren't expecting. That's why it's a oil podcast. There we go. Trees can drink a litre of water. Yes, they can. Yes. Yeah, so if, if you hang on, have you never watered your trees before? No. No. Oh, but they've well, there you right. go. So yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll alter it this year. See how we go. But it's only small this year because uh, we're we're sort of disappearing for for Christmas. But uh, anyway, I digress. Lots lots to talk about. <laughs> There's been lots going lots on. To talk about and Christmas cards. Yeah, royal Christmas cards. We've had the the first two. Uh, the Cambridges and uh, Prince Charles and Camilla. The Cambridges was lovely, wasn't it? Well, I mean, dare, I, dare, I'm just going to sound like I work for the Daily Mail on or the Mail Online, saying that uh, Prince William was daring to bear his le- his long legs. <laughs> it's, it's something you would normally see on the sidebar of shame on the Mail Online. But, yeah, uh, yeah well, it wasn't the most festive of shots, was it? In terms of nice and summery, and as you said, shorts and t-shirts. We're just looking through the old ones, and certainly, I mean, last year wasn't that autumnal, but I think twenty. 18 2019 were pretty autumnal and then yeah um amna amna and uh and this was obviously shot in jordan with that we definitely think it's petra when they were in uh on holiday in october and uh yeah i suppose i, I think that i mean do you know what shocked me is how old louis looks i mean he just grows <laughs> up literally every time you see him i mean so when I was first sort of shocked at how big he was, was when they were clapping for the NHS. And then he just seems to be getting older and older. Whereas the other two, I suppose, yeah, Char- Charlotte is, you know, I think they're all growing up, aren't they? It's um, at a rapid, rapid rate. It's definitely that thing where we've seen less of him. Obviously, we haven't had Trooping of the Colour this year. You know, we haven't seen, you know, you know when you see your friend's kids and you haven't seen them for six months. And oh, totally. You know, shooting up, just taller, and it's yeah. And you—that's when I realised that I've become an adult. When I say to them, "Not <laughs> so tall," and I remember so much, like you know, my parents' friends saying that to me, and I've caught myself a few times saying, "Going, it's happened, isn't it? I'm, it. I'm a proper grown-up now." It's the other side of these conversations that as a kid you're like, "Yeah, of course I've grown up. I'm older." Um, but yeah, so obviously the photo was taken in Jordan, which is a special meaning to the Middleton family. They lived there for a few years, didn't they? They did. Well, Kate lived there. And I remember in 2018, it was, racking my brains, yes. I went with um, with William to, to Juresh, where that famous photograph was taken of Michael Middleton with Pippa and um, and Kate as well. And, uh, and William was sort of shown the picture 
where the <laughs> take him to the spot, and then they had sort of this big picture on an easel, and he thought it was hilarious. And then he was a very good sport, and he sort of posed for pictures at the um, at the site of where it was taken. So yeah, they. I mean, I think they lived there from eighty four to eighty six when uh, Michael was a British Airways manager, and they moved to Jordan for a couple of years. And uh, and Kate certainly speaks of it very very fondly. And William did at the time. He said, you know. His wife had told him of uh, of really ha- a really happy period that they had had in Jordan. So it's nice to see that they are bringing the children, you know, to somewhere that they have both experienced together, albeit albeit separately. But yeah, a, a lovely photo. I'm just looking at these photographs. It was the it was 2020 and 2018, which were the really autumnal ones. And then 2019. Yeah, the leaves and the boots and the muddy knees, weren't they? I yeah, 2019 is them sort of a, a sitting all sitting or standing next to this motorbike with a sidecar sort of charlotte and uh and george standing in in and on the sidecar which is very cute but yeah nice nice picture nice to sort of switch it up a little bit um i know you have rather taken with the uh the shoes that the kids are wearing yes so these are the same plimsolls i'm assuming not the same pair because if it is then they've got value for money if they've lasted from well i no, i reckon they're, they're passed down I, I mean, that's not probably a bad shout because we do know that the kids do sort of, you know, I hate that word, but re- recycle each other's clothes. Well, it's hand-me-downs, aren't they? And I yes. think that maybe Louis's shoes are Charlotte's shoes and yeah, George's I think, yeah, shoes. The, the, that would yeah, be a great wear. Get several, pa- several pairs of them and just pass them down because we've seen them in several photos, haven't we? They're the, the navy plimsolls with the white sole with the kind of silver, you know, well where laces would go but they don't have laces in which is definitely some sort of technical term for that that sarah's going to be shaking her head i just think it's me. cool yeah but yeah cool. which is very cute and um, we also saw there was uh prince lots of people wondering as well whether prince louis top was a rewear as well because we've seen george in a very similar one um we don't Most know if it's the same one but it's very yeah from when they went to sydney so that blue little blue stripy polo shirt which is very cute and more cameo for Prince George after the birthday shorts. He had the army print in as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it, he likes wearing that sort of stuff. What did you think of the golden? I've just said cameo buffet? as well. Did you just say cameo? Camo, camo. Yeah, camo. <laughs> what did you think of the golden um, puff that was uh, that William was sitting on? Is it puff or puffet? I think it's probably puff, isn't it? I think puff, yeah, yeah. but I've, I've just called it cameo, so I'm going to this. Like, I should, clearly should not be trusted. You know what? I didn't notice that. I noticed the kind of traditional chairs that Charlotte and George were sitting on, but I actually hadn't. An utterly bizarre golden that. ball. It's kind of like it's... a big, giant gold ball, yeah. And then a very nice sheepskin rug. Anyway, the, the, the picture was lovely. I think it was nice to be able to switch it up because. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's of a, there's a story behind the picture and sometimes, you know, you can tell the story of them all out and about and living the outdoorsy life at Anma, but I thought this was nice because, um, you know, they probably haven't, I like many people, we haven't had that many times or opportunities to have those really special family moments. And I'm sure that this was, uh, this certainly was one of them being able to go on holiday. It really did. And as with their Christmas photos, most years do, you could see it was a real family personal photo. You know, they weren't standing formally next to each other. You know, William and Kate had their hands on each other's knees. You know, Kate had her arm around Louis, um, no, around George. You know, it was really 
it's very you sweet. know kind of felt very kind of off-duty personal obviously. and also uh, i uh, shout out for charlotte's dress as well which was really cute and that was another high street one that was 26 pound from mango and um, so nice to see a bargain kind of carrying on her high street fashion with the kids as well which is lovely well talking about sort of being off duty what did you make of the um the uh prince of wales and duchess of cornwall's car because that was sort of very much sort of on duty off duty and, and a very much a sign of the times i think yeah no definitely it felt very yeah it was a very 2021 photo wasn't it and um, i really liked it i thought it said a lot about them as well it was a kind of funny you know everyone else had put these nice beautiful planned pictures out and then they've just got this funny cute moment between the two of them of like oh yeah I think it's nice cute. so if you haven't seen it you've got to check it out because it's but the two of them at Ascot and uh taken by a good friend Sam Hussein uh fantastic royal and arts photographer and um I thought it captured a really sweet moment and something that you know to look back on because that's what these are historical artifacts as well you forget that it's not just a Christmas card but it's sort of a tale of their year and their lives that we will obviously look like what well, we do when we're talking about them now, but we will look back on all of them throughout the ages. And I thought it was a really nice take on, um, on the year that has obviously been a bit of a struggle for, for, for very many people and still you know, obviously living it um, with, the, with the way it's raging on at the moment. But uh, good on them for having a bit of a, a laugh at themselves. Charles sort of playing with, uh, with um, Camilla's mask. And I thought it was a, a, nice, a nice playful addition to the, the Christmas cards collection. It wasn't just there's also the detail of just the fact, you know, she's got her handbag all up in a she's getting herself in a bit of a muddle with too many things to hold. It just felt really nice as well. And what I liked about their post, how they shared it on social media is rather than just sharing the photo again, they actually put a picture of the the card itself with the background of the tree. So you, you did see a bit of Christmassy against that very summery yeah. image, which I miss the summer. It looks very nice in that picture, doesn't it? I know, I know. But I, th- I was having this chat yesterday. We have had all. Have we already had winter solstice? We've had the longest night, longest day, right? Or shortest so. day? That's or, it. Shortest yeah, day. Yeah, shortest day. A shortest day. So it is only up from here. And once it's, we turn the corner of New Year, I I can see spring upon the horizon, and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> I'm sure. We've got to be positive. Now, we always do our best, obviously, to avoid talking about the pandemic as much as we can. But as Russell mentioned briefly, in the UK, uh, rates are not looking great at the moment. And as part of this, uh, Prince Charles visited a vaccination centre uh, yesterday, didn't he? He did. And this, I mean, listen, we've got to talk about it at the moment because it's raging on. There's, I think it's affecting everybody's day-to-day life. And you know, not only us mere mortals but the uh the royals are, are are super affected by it as well which will come on to later and about their plans but uh you know last week we had a statement from prince of wales and duchess of cornwall basically imploring people to go out and get your booster jab and if you haven't had the vaccine maybe think about it because as they said and rightly said uh this is all about um 
you know, trying to get out of this situation. And I think what they, um, just to touch on their speech last, uh, their statement last week, it said, you know, to, to all of those who have not yet had the vaccine or are hesitating <coughs> before getting a booster, we can only urge you to look at the evidence in our intensive care ward and listen to those who work there. We urge everyone to get vaccinated and to take up the booster as we have done ourselves. So we're used to seeing this sort of involvement by the Royals um, and, and certainly to be applauded. And then yesterday, we had um, Prince Charles making a visit, you know, to a vaccination centre in London, really to get the, the message out there, not only, to, <coughs> not only to thank the volunteers and the NHS staff at the vaccination centre, but to hammer home that message and say, um, you know, oh, I'm sort of reading from his quotes. I think that uh, he shares that sentiment of saying, it's so frustrating, all these nonsense conspiracy theories, why he also said, you are marvellous. What would we do without you? And so um, hats off to you know, the army of NHS staff who are working throughout the day and night. Some clinics open 24 hours at the moment, a huge push by the government sort of landed on them. I know a lot of people feel um, that uh, you know, it's a gargantuan effort and it's nice to see Charles supporting these uh, the NHS staff and the, and the uh, volunteer vaccinators because it is a huge, huge national effort that, uh, that needs to take place. It wasn't, it was so nice to see them at the, you know, him at the right at the front of it because it's something that's been, and I'm assuming probably quite a last minute engagement, you know, because we know that things like this, yeah. that they, this was brought in, oh gosh, when did, when did we they yeah, announce we... the rollout? So they announced the rollout what, Sunday night. That, Sunday that, night, that, yeah. Sunday into Monday. So this was yesterday. So yeah, um, I mean, obviously engagements are planned normally weeks, if not months in advance. So yeah, this was very, very late, uh, late in the day. I sort of got a heads up with that it was happening just a few hours beforehand. And um, uh, I, I, yeah, I do think it's important. I think it's important because he has had COVID. He's spoken about it before. Um, you know, William has as well. So uh, a huge, huge national effort is obviously required. And, uh, you know, forget all the politics of what has been happening because, you know, obviously if you are uh, not only listeners of this podcast, but you follow the Daily Mirror in print and online, you will have seen the incredible scoops from our political team recently about all the sort of Christmas parties in uh, at number 10 and within government. And there's an awful lot of, um, you know, nervousness and ill feeling towards the government but putting that aside it's sort of everyone's duty to to look after themselves and look after their loved ones so i think that that's what charles was getting on about yesterday and quite interesting that he's you know entering that sphere of saying these nonsense conspiracy theories because um uh, I think it is important to get that sort of public health message out there and uh, and important that he is seen to be supporting that. So, um, yeah, my understanding was, you know, he was certainly one of the ones to say we should we could be doing more to get the message out there. And this is why it was um, hastily arranged uh, at the last moment yesterday. And that wasn't his only outing this week. Uh, he and Camilla went to a victim support centre as well. Can you tell us a bit more about that one, please? They did, yeah. And again, um, they was, was, it was a, it's actually a food bank and um, they were sort of hearing quite harrowing tales of domestic violence and um, and poverty in uh, this food bank in, in, uh, in South London. They went to visit the Wandsworth uh, Food Bank in Battersea Ride, South West London, 
not too um, not too far away from um, George and Charlotte's uh, St Thomas's School in Battersea, uh, and they were meeting staff and volunteers who are you know, obviously working have been working right throughout the pandemic, and um, you're know, listening to some real tough tough stories about what they have had to deal with. You know, obviously lockdown has been very, very hard on marginalised communities, people in poverty, people not unable to access, you know, benefits or the help that they need or they've lost their job and um, huge rise in domestic violence. Um, Camilla has spoken about this very eloquently on several occasions. And I do think that this is, again, something that we are seeing uh, Camilla talk about quite a lot over the last couple of years, but interesting that Prince of Wales has sort of joined her on this quest because it's definitely something she's very, very interested in. She's spoken before about how um, she has had personal experience of some of her friends who have sadly and tragically suffered um, domestic abuse. So uh, another important aspect of of, uh, of their work to, to be considered, and I'm sure that the um, that the, uh, the the Wandsworth Food Bank were um, were quite pleased to have that sort of spotlight shone upon the fantastic work that they are doing. One of the really staggering facts that really stood out for me in that story um, was that uh, so last year the food bank delivered um, 11,336 emergency food supplies uh, to people referred to them during the pandemic, which is a 78% increase Crazy, on the year I before. Mean, so 78%. Well, just looking at some of the facts from the Trussell Trust as well, which um, is a big charity here in the UK. It supports more than 1,300 food bank centres across the UK. And last year... It's another crazy fact, 2.5 million emergency food parcels to people in crisis. And I mean, that amounts just to the last six months, the, the Trust of Trust providing, you know, more than 5,000 a day. I mean, this is, these are incredible figures that are going on. There are obviously more that need to be done. And I think certainly at a time of Christmas and people are hopefully preparing to sort of come together obviously as safe as possible and within the guidelines as they can, but it is, um, you know, really worth thinking about others um, that are certainly less fortunate or in very, very difficult positions. And I'm sure that this is something what we will not see the last of from certainly Camilla and, um, and, uh, and then Prince Charles is, is involved as well, which is a uh, fantastic news for those charities to, again, to sort of raise a spotlight, to raise the profile of the campaigns that they are uh, really struggling, struggling with. Definitely. Now, we heard from Prince Harry this week as well, didn't we? He sent a letter to the family of uh, war veterans. Yes. Yeah, so well, we have heard, I mean, over the last few months, certainly the last couple of years after Harry was stripped of his military titles, um, about how disappointed he was of that. And it's normally in a negative sense of... Uh, of, of, of Harry going out and doing his own thing, signing multi-million pound deals. But but certainly that has been the uh, what we have been you know told from p- for people close to him, that he was rather upset that that did happen. And uh, and this disclosure, again, he's made in a, an emotional letter that he sent to the letter to the family of a of a fallen soldier who were um, who were also fighting to have their son's name put on the Armed Forces Memorial. And these are the parents of uh, Nathan Hunt, who um, who turned to Prince Harry after he was um, suffering from depression. Now, Nathan served 
with Harry in Afghanistan in 2008, but sadly took his own life in 2018 after suffering from quite severe mental health problems, which his family believe obviously were, was linked to his own military service. Now, Prince Harry wrote a letter to um, to Nathan's parents and told them, grief can be a long and burdensome road. And really talking about um, how he wished he could help. And again, so I think we got a real sense of his disappointment at that he'd been stripped of those titles because he said, um, you know, he wishes he could help. Had I been in the same role that I once was? Uh, again, so this was revealed by one of our sister papers in The Sunday People. And reading the article with, with Nathan, Nathan's parents, Maria and Derek Hunt, uh, they said that they were particularly touched by, by this letter from Prince Harry. So I think that Harry really does get uh, you know a bad press um some of the time some of the time it's his own doing i've you know i to say that they are, the, are often the masters of their own demise but when he's um harry is speaking quite from the heart uh i think he's sort of be applauded and the fact that he'd reached out in this way by just going saying you know i deeply empathize with what your family is going through and i so wish i could assist formally had i been in the role that i once was and um you know, grief can be a long and burdensome road please know that you and your family remain in my thoughts and i think that uh, just reading reading the article there you can tell that they were particularly touched that harry had taken the time to to write to them as you said it's it's really it's things like this that feel like the moments where harry's kind of realizing that he can't you obviously that he can't do stuff like that and it's but he's still making the effort to contact people and to you know to share his feelings and to offer his sympathies which i think is the kind of side of harry that people you know have loved they miss, his yeah. whole life yeah and they miss um but yeah it's a really really sad case actually and um a really you know as you said hopefully the parents got i can't find their names but yeah hopefully the, maria and Derek. listen i i think that this this sort of tells you where sort of harry's head is at quite a lot by saying that I wish I wish I could do more. Undoubtedly, um, he has been very affected by losing those military appointments. But that doesn't stop, like this letter, and reaching out to people that he's heard of. It doesn't stop him attending Veterans Day memorial services in New York or, or, or wherever else in the United States. Um, and I think you know there certainly will be a place for him back here at some stage to get involved with the UK military veteran. Um, uh, sort of association, so th they would really appreciate him in being more involved. I think once the dust has settled, possibly, you know, in in the future, um, then that's something we'll see more of him. Certainly, we've got Invictus Games coming up next May, I think, in the Hague. So, um, you know, watch maybe watch this space. It would probably, probably be an opportunity for him to to get more involved once once uh, once um, Invictus Games is back on back on the scene. Yeah, it'll be. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going that's to come around very quickly. Um, but yeah, it'd be lovely to see him back within, you know, the, the part of the role he's, he can still do and he's still involved in. But moving on, I believe you have a Prince Andrew update for us again. 
I think we've got. I think we went a whole two weeks without talking about Prince Andrew. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> well, you know what? I think we're going to be speaking about it quite for over the next few weeks yeah. because um, <laughs> it's it's quite interesting that there are stories sort of coming out. I've had a we've re- revealed a couple of stories from sort of inside his camp this week over the last week, talking about how there's quite a stressful situation that has emerged. There was talk of infighting within the camp obviously he was forced to bring in some very uh, big expensive hotshot lawyers from um from the united states in order to try and deal with this civil case that has been launched by his sex abuse accuser virginia gaffray and it's really uh reaching ahead now because on monday was the deadline for uh, his team to submit their reply to the original submission that had been made about this case from Virginia Gaffray's legal team. They had, Andrew's team had attempted sort of rubbish her case and said, you know, it had no basis. She was sort of a gold digger trying to tarnish his name. And uh, and also it, it emerges that now the judge is going to reveal the content of that uh, agreement that she had with the Epstein Foundation found um, foundation estate where she benefited potentially from several million pounds uh, and sort of what the terms of those deals were so it's all going off and the reason why it's going off is because on january the 4th um the judge in uh, new york lewis kaplan will decide whether to take this to trial now it is widely accepted i think from both both parties at the moment that this will go to trial judge kaplan has already said he wants to uh, to see a trial next autumn so gosh we are going to still have quite an awful lot of um treacle to wade through i think because not only is it the queen's platinum jubilee there's obviously a lot of nervousness about how uh, you know within palace walls how this could potentially overshadow the celebration certainly i don't think andrew will be anywhere near the public celebrations banished from the balcony banished from uh, any sort of public outing but um you know we must say he's obviously uh, vehemently and categorically denied all the allegations in front of him but uh, it came out this week in this new submission launched on uh, on monday that he absolutely and categorically denies uh, allegations which include rape in the first degree and in the motion to dismiss andrew's lawyers actually said uh, that Guffrey's complaint complaint is ambiguous at best and in and unintelligible at worst. And they say that the allegations are deliberately vague so as not to commit any specific account. Now, are they vague? This is obviously what the, the judge um, Andrew will have to, to assess, the judge beforehand, whether it goes to, to a civil trial. Um, Jessica Fraser is accusing Andrew of sexually abusing her on at least three occasions when she was 17. And one of the sticking points that the uh, Andrew's team are saying is that she was not under the age of consent at the time in New York. So I think the, the three uh, places are um, uh, Guillermo Maxwell's Belgravia House, the, the uh, one of FC's islands, St. James and, um, and in, in his New York mansion. Now, if this case is being brought in New York, Andrew's team are arguing that the state's age of consent is 17. And the filing actually says the issue of consent is unsettled with regard to those like Gaffray who were between the ages of 17 and 18. Then they argued that this 2009 release agreement, which had remained under seal, um, bars Virginia Gaffray from further legal action because it uh, it 
bars her from taking legal action against certain associates of Epstein, which obviously Andrew is. Now, the judge has decided on January the 3rd, the day before he will make his judgment, that um, that he will release that uh, that agreement. So that will become unsealed. So January 3rd is going to be a big day. January 4th is when the teams get together sort of in this virtual conference. And, um, and then he will make his decision. I imagine not on the day. I imagine it will be fairly soon after. So, you know, by the end of the first week of January, we are going to see whether we are going to have a very, very explosive trial that the Palace will be absolutely quaking in their boots over, I believe. Because um, not only is it the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, but uh, also how many more lurid accusations can Andrew take uh, onto onto his character? I mean, he's already, you know, thought he was going to have a, a return to duties. Well, that is um, looking very, very far away as a, as a, as it stands at the moment. So January fourth is the next big day for this, and that's when we'll find out if we are. Yeah, if it's all going to be just, a, just after. Yeah, I think they're going to sit. Yeah, yeah they're going right. yeah, to sit. They're going to sit. Judge Kaplan is going to listen to the agree uh, the arguments, which we pretty much know because they, we've we've seen most of them anyway. But uh, I mean, he's already said that this should, I, think, I believe, should go to trial, and he's set a preliminary date of saying he wants it to be heard next August. So it would be quite a change, and and certainly from the people I've spoken to on both sides of uh, of of the um, of. Yeah. Both sides have said that they are fully expecting a trial to go ahead next August. So watch this space. Now, we mentioned a few times about the the COVID rates in the UK at the moment, and it's meaning for us that everyone's feeling a bit unsure about Christmas, aren't they? Well, I was thinking this, you and I should actually have very sore heads this morning because it should have been our Christmas drinks last night, which were cancelled. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. So we, well, probably feeling quite glad of that right now probably feeling a lot better than we we would be doing otherwise but lots of people are cancelling christmas plans lots of parties lots of socializing many visits to the pub have been scrapped as obviously people are so nervous to get covid and also worried about getting pinged until they have to isolate for christmas what does this mean for the royals plans well I, an update or yeah i do i mean i've you know, been talking for the last few weeks we've revealed that uh, the queen was definitely going ahead with sandringham she told after her you know her illnesses her stay in hospital then she sprained her back but she had told the family that she was definitely uh, definitely going to host Christmas. So that is still on the cards. There's been a lot of preparation. Um, the Queen went over for the weekend in uh, in November to Sandringham and she stayed at Wood Farm and and uh, sort of popped into the big house to see the staff and sort of discuss what was going on for Christmas. So the, everyone has been invited. Now, the obviously, we still don't know. I think it is a very movable feast and one of the other issues was the big Christmas lunch that the Queen normally does before she then leaves for Sandringham, which is normally held at Buckingham Palace, obviously wasn't held last year because of the coronavirus restrictions. That is set to go ahead next Tuesday on 21st at Windsor Castle. Now, there's been some reports in the papers today that that is, you know, the Queen is definitely going ahead with it. Now, my understanding is that no decision has been made at all it is very much in the balance uh some of the staff were were talking that they had been prepared for it not to go ahead um because you know there are different restrictions coming in all the time certainly the scottish government have asked people to reduce their um their social contacts cut down on how many people you see and nicola sturgeon 
Britain, the first minister was asking people to sort of limit it to a number of three households. Uh, and then, you know, you got it on the backdrop of all the amazing stories that our political team have been doing about these uh, Christmas parties and whether anyone will take a blind bit of notice of what the government say, because um, I think there's a lot of ill feeling at the moment uh, to do with the way that it has been managed. However, it is very important to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. And I'm sure the royal family will be doing just that. So again, um, this lunch, due to be held with all the family before she goes to Sandringham, I expect she will leave for Sandringham uh, by helicopter, is my understanding, um, on the around the 22nd, 23rd. Uh, probably twenty seconds straight after the the party, and so um, let's let's just wait and see what happens. Again, the uh, someone I spoke to at the palace today said, you know, whilst um, you're not well, you're not you won't be surprised to know that this decision, if it goes ahead, is still being considered. We wouldn't um, we wouldn't want to prejudge anything that happens because I suppose it's a it's such a movable feast at the moment, and this rate of Omicron is actually going up exponentially isn't it so uh again can't really confirm whether it's going to happen i'm sure that the queen will be leading from the front and won't want to uh create the wrong impression so certainly if the guidelines or uh, the atmosphere does change over the next few days i think we'll probably see a decision towards the end of the week but certainly sandringham still very much on whether we will see crowds allowed in uh, like we've spoken over the last couple of days, I'm sure a lot of Royal fans were looking forward to getting back to uh, to Sandringham as um, as it's been, you know, quite, it seems ages. I mean, it's just a, a year they weren't yeah, allowed really to sort of gather, gather last year. But um, yeah, fingers, fingers crossed we will see the booster programme rolled out even more. People will be able to be safe. But, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think at this stage it would probably be wise for the crowds to gather because there normally is a couple of thousand people, um, you know, and whether the Queen and Royal Family will want to be sort of shaking hands and, and being up close and personal with the, with the members of the public, uh, it's probably not safe to be doing that right now. So, again, can't confirm anything. I think that uh, we'll, we'll see some movement towards the end of the week. But fingers crossed that they will be able yeah, to enjoy, enjoy Christmas. So. And it's that, that hard situation that I think everyone's in now is even if the rules, even if the rules allow it and they don't put in more restriction, it's having to make that decision about what is what's the right thing to do. Exactly. I think, yeah, lots of families are making that decision at the moment. I know our our family WhatsApp groups are completely filled with, oh, what are we gonna do? And the Queen and other members of the family are having to do just the same. And WhatsApps will be popping off, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. so well, yeah. I suppose that's it that's all we've got because like the Cambridges seem to have uh, relaxed obviously we've got the um, next week I mean we'll we'll maybe do a bit more of a preview of the uh, of the Christmas Carol concert because that is going to be live on well not live it's going to be screened on ITV in the UK on Christmas Eve at 7.30 so that is definitely a date for your diary because um, I wasn't able to be there because I was with Camilla but People who were there say it was a fantastic, very moving event. And I'm sure um, our colleagues at ITV will do it fantastic justice. Definitely. Very much looking forward to that. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. Thank you to everyone for listening to this week's episode. As always, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at PodSave. And until next time. PodSave the Queen!